Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we get to share with you a great story about music and the way that music serves in the church. How is uh, music a gift and how does it serve in the church? And uh, I can't wait to share this story with you of a wonderful organization that's doing uh, a great job of helping the church use music uh, and serve with music. So uh, thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today is Alex Lobo of Concordia Music and Art Conservatory in Jackson, Tennessee. They're affiliated with David's Harp. Alex, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Oh, thank you for uh, having me. It's a wonderful pleasure uh, to talk with you guys this morning. Also joining us, the Reverend Nathan Sherrill. He's Executive Director of David's Harp. Pastor Sherrill, thanks for coming back on the Coffee Hour today. Thanks for having me, Andy and Sarah. We are excited to share this wonderful story of David's Harp and the Concordia Music Art Conservatory in Jackson, Tennessee. We're going to learn more about David's Harp in just a little bit. Let's go to Alex's story. Alex, tell us about your family and where you grew up. Well, I was born in Brazil and was raised in a Christian home. Uh, I am a third generation, uh, well, no longer. I have been a, a third generation of Baptists in my family. My grandmother uh, was uh, baptized in, in, uh, uh, by an American Baptist missionary in Brazil. Uh, both my father and mother, they were Christians, and I was raised in a Christian home. And since very early, when I was very young, I started learning music. Uh, my father was a music teacher. We had a uh, music uh, school in our home, and he taught accordion, piano, brass instruments. And also my mother was a church organist. So the love for music uh, was uh, passed to me uh, through my uh, parents. And uh, I remember learning music about the same time when I learned the Portuguese language. So I loved being in church with my uh, mother and my father, especially when she was playing the organ at church. I loved to be beside uh, her as she played and her natural and simple playing made me such a, a great impression on me. Mm -hmm. What are some of your memories of growing up around so much music? What was that influence like on you uh, in, in those early years of your life? Well, I have to say, Sarah, that uh, much of what I learned uh, about the gospel, about Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit, uh, it was taught uh, to me uh, through music. I remember uh, going to church to sing uh, verses from Scripture, for example, and, uh, and singing uh, hymns, especially hymns and children's songs, uh, they were so vital in my formation, in, in my education as a, as a boy and then as a young man, uh, even to uh, this point today. <clears throat> 
So let's fast forward a few years and tell us about about uh, life in the United States coming to the United States from Brazil. How did life change when you moved to the U.S.? Oh, it changed tremendously, uh, Andy. Um, we came to this country in 1999. Well, I have to say that uh, prior to that, I served as a Baptist minister in Brazil for 16 years. I, uh, I was a leading pastor, a senior pastor of two uh, churches in Brazil. But my wife and I had the desire to come this country to learn the English language and then uh, to uh, further our education. And this is exactly what we did uh, 20 years ago. Moving from Brazil to this country wasn't easy, was very challenging. But there is, uh, during that time, uh, I remember clearly, none of us was able to speak English language, but we started attending uh, uh, church services, of course. And I remember that the only uh, connection we had with people around us was singing hymns, the same hymns that we used to singing in our church in Brazil as we were growing up and then during our ministry and life as a family, we were able to sing with that congregation. I still remember that the very first Sunday we uh, joined that church, we decided, my wife and I and our daughters, decided to join the choir so that we would learn English language uh, through church music. Hmm. So I have to say that uh, the fact that we were so well calmed by this lovely and wonderful uh, church here in Jackson, uh, Woodland Baptist uh, made it easier for us to transition from our first uh, culture to this second culture here. So uh, this is what happened. It's so wonderful that, that music is uh, such a universal language. It really is, has such a power to bring people together, even when you don't speak the same language, to be able to just Absolutely. jump into a church choir and start singing. Uh, that is that is a, a beautiful blessing of of having uh, brothers and sisters in Christ to be able to do that. What was absolutely? What was your your first introduction to Lutheranism then uh, after you came to the states? Oh, it is so interesting, uh, Sarah, because I, I loved, I have loved liturgy and hymns singing uh, during my entire life. And I was serving as a uh, missions and, and music minister uh, at this Baptist church, Medicine Baptist Church. And a former missionary to Brazil uh, invited me to attend a funeral service at Concordia uh, Lutheran Church. And so that was my first encounter with uh, Concordia. And I attended that uh, funeral service and was absolutely impressed by the way that congregation uh, sang hymns and uh, just voices, organ, and this congregation celebrating hope in Christ as they... Uh, uh, were in the in that funeral service, so it was very interesting. And I even thought, "Wow, 
if this congregation sings that beautiful when they are sad, <laughs> can you imagine when they are happy? How uh, wonderful uh, the sound of singing will be in this uh, church. So that was my first encounter. And I even used to go to Concordia prior to my services uh, in the church where I was serving just to uh, be there to enjoy the liturgy and the great music and hymn uh, uh, singing uh, Sunday mornings. Um, so that was my first encounter with uh, Concordia. But late, not too late, uh, later that time, I met Pastor uh, Gregory Truy, and he was uh, beginning his ministry at Concordia. And uh, during that time, I had become a Spanish teacher in our school system here in Jackson. And uh, I visited with uh, Pastor uh, Reverend Truy, and he told me that his church was looking for an organist, a part-time organist. And uh, he said, would you consider uh, becoming an organist uh, for our congregation? And absolutely, I, I was so honored and so uh, thrilled. Uh, and I said, yes, I will uh, consider. And, and that's what happened. I became, not too long after our uh, meeting, uh, a part-time organist and choir uh, director at Concordia Lutheran Church. So in your visit, in one of your visits to Concordia Lutheran Church for a funeral, you noticed how music was, how singing was an important part of the life of the church, especially in the time of a funeral when uh, when we're facing uh, that, that sad time of death and mourning and loss and music was an important part of the the life of the congregation there. Yes. Uh, in what ways do you see music as being important in the whole life of the church? Well, uh, music is a uh, a way to connect uh, somehow with God Himself. Uh, I I see music in a very sacramental way. I have to say, <laughs> <laughs> um, because it connects us. It's a means also for us to express our faith, hope, and love in Christ. Um, so, but at the same time, it um, it is a means to uh, proclaim the gospel of Christ. Um, a means to um, teach uh, the congregation how to love God and to serve one another. So it, it is so vital to, to uh, the life of, of the church. <clears throat> hmm. In what ways have you seen music give you to serve and to grow in the church and to grow in your faith as well? Well, um, for the same reasons that I just mentioned, uh, Andy, uh, music is a way that helps me to express my faith, and also to nurture my faith. Um, for uh, uh, it's it's important for me to say that what really uh, connected me to Concordia into uh, the the liturgical uh, setting uh, 
in that church was, first of all, it was the aesthetics, arts, music, beauty, uh, the, 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 the beauty of the rituals, the ceremonies, the, the reverence and the sense of awe that all the, uh, the atmosphere in a, uh, as we celebrate divine service uh, gives us. So that was a very first moment for me. But then it was a strong desire to serve, um, to serve the, the, the church. Uh, my gifts and my skills. Uh, but finally, what made a tremendous uh, uh, difference uh, for me uh, was when I fully understood the meaning of divine service. Uh, I remember one uh, day I was preparing music for uh, the divine service, and I asked Pastor uh, Gregory Truy, uh, why do you uh, call our worship service every morning divine service? And he said, Alex, this is precisely because when we gather together, it is God himself who is serving us. And I said this, I thought this makes absolutely sense. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is it. God comes to us and he serves us, absolving us from our sins. He's speaking to us uh, through his word, ministering uh, to us through the sacrament of communion. Hey, this is sola gratia. <laughs> that was a tremendous, tremendous uh, um discovery that that I made, Andy uh, and Sarah, and, and that made all the difference. Uh, for mm. so, seeing, the, the, <laughs> seeing the beauty, hearing the beauty in the, the divine service and the music of the church uh, only points to how beautiful the, the divine, how beautiful the one is that the divine service is all about. And uh, to, to hear your story about learning that and experiencing that and, and growing in that is, is absolutely marvelous. And we have more to share in that story. We'll share that in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're sharing the beautiful story of 
music in the life of the church and particularly in the life of Alex Lobo of Concordia Music and Art Conservatory in Jackson, Tennessee, affiliated with David's Harp. And uh, we also have with us today, Pastor Nathan Cheryl, Executive Director of David's Harp. Before we uh, took a little pause there, we were learning more about Alex's story of uh, coming to the Lutheran congregation, Concordia Lutheran Church in Jackson, Tennessee, from a Baptist background and, and seeing and hearing the, the, the beauty in music and uh, the liturgy of the divine service and uh, all the beauty uh, that you found in that and how that gave you opportunities to learn more and to serve in that way as a musician. And now uh, Concordia Lutheran Church has Concordia Music and Art Conservatory. Uh, tell us, how is Concordia Music and Art Conservatory an important part of uh, the, the way that Concordia Lutheran Church uh, connects to the community and engages the community? Well, Andy, we are in a very beginning of the stages uh, uh, for establishing our music and arts conservatory. But uh, I have to say that uh, after uh, the church, Concordia invited uh, uh, Reverend Rudzinski, Eric Rudzinski, to become his pastor. We decided, of course, with uh, the church support, to work towards the creation of this arts and the music conservatory. Uh, this was a dream that really uh, was born in, in our hearts, in my heart, even when Pastor Trui was with us. But with the coming of uh, Pastor Rudzinski, we started dreaming together and talking about it and, and finding resources. And uh, it was when we found out about St. Paul's Music Conservatory in Council Bluffs and uh, Reverend Cheryl and his uh, team. Um, so uh, this year, in the beginning of this year, in February, uh, Pastor Rudzinski and I went to Iowa, uh, Iowa to visit with uh, Reverend uh, Cheryl, and we were absolutely impressed uh, with the way uh, the, the St. Paul's Music Conservatory and, and the church there are uh, doing, are working and, and reaching, effectively uh, reaching their community with the gospel through music. So our interaction with uh, Reverend Cheryl was absolutely vital, uh, clarifying our vision and uh, encouraging us to establish, to come back to Jackson and establish a music conservatory. So we are in the very beginning of this project. We have been successful somehow, um, because we have opened our doors to have teachers from our community to come in and teach their students. Uh, and recently we voted, the church approved uh, unanimously the creation of this uh, music and arts conservatory in our church. So <clears throat> uh, we, we are so, so, uh, grateful for, for this opportunity that God has placed before us, and especially for all that uh, David's heart has already done 
for us in terms of establishing uh, this program in our church. Yeah, that is, that is exciting and, and wonderful uh, for the congregation to be able to move forward with that. Uh, Pastor Cheryl, how does David's Harp help congregations uh, engage with their communities in order to bring music education uh, to, to these conservatories in churches? Uh, well, first of all, our our primary goal, Sarah, is uh, like with Alex and uh, Concordia, uh, is to help establish uh, a center of music in a, your church or school uh, or mission context, or even even in the overseas context, uh, and understand that you can do that, uh, and you're not really very far from from. Uh, the establishment. If you are one of these institutions, you already have four walls, likely, uh, not all the time, but likely a roof and maybe an instrument or two. Uh, so help in that setting, uh, get something established. And then also, secondly, uh, we are very active at uh, printing musical resources, uh, then to specifically resource those locations. Not that we are going to create every resource uh, certainly, we're not going to create most resources uh, that one of our centers of music is going to be using, but we are hoping to create vital resources that really are the uh, uh, the linchpin between the ministry and the gospel proclamation. Um, so those are those are two main things: establishing uh, centers of music in these uh, locations, providing resources, but really more than that. Um, is the networking, collaboration, communication, um, visioning uh, together. Um, I'll tell you that I think I've met some of my best friends uh, in the last few years uh, doing this, just meeting all of the wonderful, talented, amazing, large-hearted, um, positive people that that exist in our synod, like Alex. Alex and I feel like uh, we we were our brothers, uh, literally. I mean, we just hit it off. We talked for five minutes and we knew we had to get together and we just hit the ground running and Pastor Eric as well. And um, so that networking, collaborating, uh, encouraging one another is a huge part of this. And uh, if you think of some of our congregations, especially say in a rural or small town setting, in an inner city setting, uh, maybe someone is in the mission field, the foreign mission field that is far removed from anyone else. You don't need as many things as you might think you need. You may more than anything need encouragement. And so that really has become one of the biggest things that I think David Hart, David's Heart provides. We provide friendship and encouragement and networking and positive energy, and then a little bit of planning along the way as well. It can seem like a very daunting thing to to launch something new like a music mm -hmm. conservatory. How does David's Harp help congregations and admissions organizations um, uh, to establish a conservatory? Well, like I said, Andy, the, the first thing I think uh, to realize is that you're not very far from it, especially in our Lutheran tradition. We, as you heard uh, Alex say, we are a singing church. And if we go back, a lot of what we're doing here is really actually reclaiming our heritage uh, of music and realizing that that that, that singing church or that, mu that music-based uh, church, that's us. Uh, when you go back to Luther and Bach and the early reformers and the early Lutherans, these, these folks are singing. And by the way, it's not just like the pastor that's singing, it's the people. And so when Alex walked into that church there in Tennessee and he heard this wonderful, uh, positive, joyful 
uh, musical sound. It was the people uh, that were singing. So first of all, we want to encourage folks uh, that in a lot of cases, they have most of what they already need to get started um, and uh, and then go from there, begin conversations and obviously more detailed conversations, which would include um, some of the basics like teachers, parents, students, administrators, how to use the building uh, and, uh, and maybe an attitude, maybe a, a revamping of an attitude. Here's an example of a conversation that I might have oftentimes. Um, how do you use your organ? How do you understand your organist or your director of music? Sometimes this makes uh, musicians a little uncomfortable, but sometimes we need to do that. Uh, do you have a key that locks your organ? And does the organist own the key? And um, sometimes in our churches, we have that idea in relation to our instruments and our mentality in relation to who is in charge and so on and so forth. Uh, one of the things I, I like to encourage is that we need to unlock um, we need to unlock the organ. We need to unlock our, our instruments. We need to actually, if you are an organist or if you are a head pastor or something like that, if you're a head of something, uh, one of the biggest responsibilities of yours is to give everything that you have away. Give it away. And that especially means knowledge, aptitude, skills, talents, abilities. Um, you need to be teaching other people. Uh, so at David's Harp, sometimes we sit down with people and we say, you know, if we're going to raise up the next generation of church musicians, if we're going to, if we are going to reach out with the gospel vigorously, boldly, intentionally, uh, we have to be in having a mentality of, of, of giving, of serving. Uh, it doesn't mean that the organist or the music director is not doing that job. It just means that the job is a little different. Like, yes, you're the one who's going to engage in the task you're going to be playing but there's also going to be a portion of, of your time where you're you're acting as a teacher uh, and uh, you're you're cultivating the talents and abilities and skills of everybody around you kind of like a coach uh, or a trainer you're forming people and when they're ready to go uh, then they can be integrated uh, into the life of the congregation and you can be in charge of that um, so those you know more than anything I think what we find is kind of a mindset, and once you start to adopt a different mindset, then everything that you do is outreach. Everything that you do. Uh, it's not only outreach or inreach within the congregation, but it extends outside uh, of the congregation. So that, for example, if you establish a parish-based music conservatory, one in your school or one in the mission, in the mission field, your uh, teachers are... Uh, are, are sort of maybe a little less music teachers and more evangelists. Mm. And uh, this becomes a conversation of personal evangelism. Uh, so every music teacher, uh, if you think of it, uh, the music teacher has, in a lot of cases, a half hour, one time a week for maybe years and years to spend uh, with an individual. And if that child, as they grow, has a half hour to be with a Christian a mentor, you have the opportunity, especially through your time, but also through the music that they're playing and the text that they're reading and the music they might be singing to proclaim the gospel to this person over and over and over again. That is something that our synod desires to find uh, ways to connect with people for the long term, and the Parish Based Music Conservatory provides just that. How can we learn more about David's Harp, a new recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod? 
So we have a website uh, that everyone can go to, www.davidsharpmusic.org. Uh, that's the best first place to go. But then uh, you can also go to a very active Facebook page, David's Harp uh, Center for Musical Development, uh, and, uh, and find information there as well. Very good. Very good. David's Harp Music. Org. Thank you so much for being our guest, Pastor Cheryl and Alex Lobo of the Concordia Music and Art Conservatory in Jackson, Tennessee. Pastor Cheryl, thanks for joining us today. Great to be here again. Thank you. Alex, thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. Blessings to you guys. <laughs> You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.